You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Right, left, 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 right, left. Come on, come on, get in step. Come on, come on, get in step. Up in the morning, before day, I don't like it. No way, eat my breakfast. Too soon, hungry as a hound dog. By noon, went to the mess sergeant on my knees. Mess sergeant, mess sergeant, feed me, please. Mess sergeant, fly with a big old grin. If you want to be airborne, you got to be thin. Hey, hey, all the way. We run every day. Hey, hey, all the way. Left, 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 right, left. And it's a good way to come into a bright, sunny Monday afternoon after a major storm and the Easter holiday. And it's a great day, and it's a great day to be here. And uh, we continue the fight with the COVID-19. And my services are being requested all over the state and uh, the rest of the Southeast for my logistical uh, expertise uh, working the Ebola crisis back in 2014, 2015. And um, I have to take a, a slight pause with uh, remembering Desert Storm for a couple of weeks while I uh, go help the states that need uh, a season of logistics to help them uh, with their supply chains and get the uh, supplies where they're needed um, most of all. And, David, I appreciate you uh, being uh, amenable to the fact that uh, the states are requesting my presence allow me to go ahead and uh, take a break from the radio show. You know, this is uh, like we keep hearing and like we keep talking about. Uh, we're all in this together, and uh, I I wish I had some kind of part I could play that would be of, of some kind of help to uh, to uh, the country as far as the um, pandemic is concerned. And uh, the only thing I will tell you is that if... Um, you want to uh, call me and say, tell me anything that needs to be reported or put out, I'll be glad to do that for you and for the government. And uh, as, as we've uh, talked, um, the Department of Justice had emailed me about, uh, contacted us because we do the uh, elderly abuse show and to let people know and we will continue to let people know about all the scams that are going on regarding the coronavirus and uh, they're taking advantage of everything from the they're calling old folks and saying if you'll give me your social security number I'll see that your check from the government gets there day after tomorrow or you know whatever lie they want to come up with but uh you know any way that America's web radio can do anything for you general dicks or for our government or for our elderly we're here to serve we just need a direction to know how to serve and uh We'll be glad to do it, and we wish you the best, and hope that uh, this thing ends very quickly. And uh, uh, I don't, I don't know how the public is going to do without the Jodies for a couple of two or three weeks. You know that that worries me. I don't want to have to sing them. And if I start getting too many complaints, I'll have, I'll, I'll just have to go to the. 
Go above you, I guess. If I start getting too many complaints, where are those joe? You know, and the th- and I just had a scary thought too. The mermaids might attack. And uh, oh man, uh, you'd be in big trouble then. I'd be you in. Don't want to upset those ladies. Oh yeah, I, I that that really worries me. So no, we do wish you the best and uh, anything that. Uh, like I've mentioned before, I I do a mean spit polish if uh, if you need your boots polished. So uh, <laughs> I I learned that that's about that's about the extent of my education in uh, basic and uh, AIT. But uh, you know, best of luck, and uh, we hope that it's a, a very speedy return to uh, remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm. And uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and one of the things I wanted to talk about today, David, was the uh, the build-up to it and the uh, the political uh, atmosphere. You know, in the uh, late '80s, Iran and Iraq were at war, and uh, that uh, grind down to a, uh, a sort of a uncompromising uh, halt in 1988, and then '89 and '90 events evolved into what was the precursor to uh, Saddam invading Kuwait in uh, early 1990 uh, and over the uh, oil situation between what he perceived to be between uh, Saudi Arabia and Kuwait and uh, he saw that as an attempt to lessen his power and aid the Iranians Uh, so he then turned around and invaded uh, Kuwait to see the oil fields and uh, to kind of put a stranglehold around OPEC because he thought that OPEC was catering to the West. And, uh, you know, so a lot of things that we're doing today are uh, the lessons learned from, you know, developing the the supply chain on the move as the forces were uh, moving into the blocking positions on the uh, Iraq and Kuwait border to prepare for what eventually happened in January of 1991 with the uh, kinetic operations uh, between the NATO forces and the Iraqi Republican Guard. So, you know, um, you can kind of draw a parallel to what we're doing with COVID-19. COVID-19 is the threat, the enemy, that has invaded our shores. And so, you know, we're doing... Um, development of a supply chain on the run or tweaking of the supply chain because uh, the virus is super aggressive and all of our norms are out the window because uh, the very people that support the supply chain and the uh, first responders are the ones that are in harm's way and we're seeing alarming rates of first responders that are getting sick and going down uh, from the uh, the COVID-19. So we've got to get a a unified uh, supply chain that responds to everybody's needs. Uh, Right now, uh, the Chinese are holding all the cards with all the things that they produce in defense of uh, our populace from COVID-19. There are other sources that are being brought online quickly. There are manufacturing capabilities being brought back to the United States. Uh, to combat this, uh, you know, it takes time, but we have to kind of like forego some of the red tape to go ahead and uh, get the things that we need in place. 
And uh, in the meantime, we've got to continue the social distancing and, uh, you know, to slow the spread until we can get the things that we need in place to go ahead and defeat this thing once and for all. And, uh, you know, the greatest message that we can get out to our listeners is to continue the social distancing and uh, to continue to uh, check on my neighbor and uh, be uh, my brother's keeper to make sure our neighbors are good to go. And uh, we're doing it in our neighborhood. Uh, we'll give each other a quick phone call. Or if we're outside walking and uh, maintaining the proper distance, uh, we wave and we ask if everybody's okay and if uh, they need anything uh, to make sure that everyone is okay. And, uh, Dave, me and you talk at least two or three times a week, checking on each other to make sure we're okay. And that's what friends do. Yes, sir. We, uh, I want to add one thing to this, and, um, you know, I, I don't know if you and I have ever really talked about this, but uh, I, I'm a big believer in mind over body, and I'm also a big believer in Eastern cultures and some of the things that they've been practicing for thousands of years that in many ways we used to uh, sort of make fun of them, but uh, we've learned that they know what they're talking about and i'm very proud to say that we have shadi ru who is a master of kung fu he was uh he was with uh, he was orphaned at three years old and was taken in by monks and uh, he is almost the grasshopper story but uh shadi ru does a show for us on fridays and um uh, it's basically about mind over body and the fact that you know there's some of the some folks have been exposed to the virus and nothing's happened and uh, uh, shy really feels like that uh, you know if we keep our bodies in shape and we meditate and we pray and by the way he's a, a Presbyterian uh, which is a little unusual but uh, not that they're not other Presbyterians, but not many Master Kung Fu folks that are Presbyterians. But anyway, uh, he does this show, and he'll be doing more and more of the mind-over-body type things on the show, just sort of uh, giving people an idea of how they can meditate, how they can bring their body back into sync with their mind, and... Richard, I don't know how you feel about it, but you certainly have been exposed to the warrior side of it. But, uh, you know, and, and a lot of the warrior side of it is mind over body. And uh, it's a very interesting show, and I think if people will tune in, they will get a lot out of it. And will also, if they practice it, which I've started doing, Again, I, I did many, many, many years ago. But, um, you know, it's just a matter of meditating and breathing right and getting oxygenating all of your body, including your mind, and helping boost that immune system so when a virus tries to attack you, you kick it in the tail and tell it to get out of your system. So, Absolutely. I, I agree with it, David. Um, you know, we, we try a lot of... Uh, the things that we glean from the Eastern culture. And, um, you know, we kind of merge it with what we're doing here in the West and uh, Christianity when we're 
you know, uh, getting up in the morning and praying and, um, you know, meditating on, you know, the good Lord up above. So, you know, I, I wholeheartedly agree with everything that you just said about, you know, um, getting to know your body and understanding, uh, you know, there are a lot of ways to defend against, you know, not only COVID-19, but the flu, the common cold, uh, allergies, which everyone has a problem with nowadays, and the pollen, especially here in the South. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, keeping your mind, body, and soul in alignment are critical, just like you just stated. Well, we, you know, we have the most powerful organ in the world, and that's our brain. And uh, you don't just sit it on top of your shoulders and let it rot. You use it, and you can use it by meditating, learning how to breathe right, and just just the fact that you take out a few minutes out of your day and meditate. And like you said, uh, meditation can be praying. Meditation can be doing a lot of things with your mind. And uh, flooding your system with God's gift of oxygen to us. And uh, he knew what he was doing when he gave us lungs, and uh, we need to use them and and, uh, breathe in and fill our whole body with uh, God's gift to us, oxygen. So with that, um, you feel like you'll be uh, staying mostly at home, or will you be... uh, on a ship somewhere. No, I think uh, mostly I'll be at home. And, Good. Uh, you know, I, I may be traveling uh, as far as uh, Virginia and uh, as far west as um, probably Texas or Arizona, maybe. It, it just depends on uh, what the state requirements are and uh, what they really need from uh, me and the team. And um, it's a global rapid response group that I'm participating with. And uh, just helping out with um, getting the uh, logistics uh, network up and functioning the way that, uh, you know, the U.S. military uses it. And, uh, you know, it's the things that uh, I've been taught over the last 30 years that I'll just uh, put in place to help uh, get out in front of this thing and then uh, get someone defeated, just like I had talked about. Well, if you need a uh, Indian scout for Texas, uh, I'll be glad to, to scout it for you. I, I know Texas and Arizona pretty well, so if you need a Indian scout like uh, Custer or anything like that, we'll just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm volunteering. Yep, uh, I will definitely let you know. <laughs> Hopefully not with the same results as Custer, though. Right. But uh, you know, I think that I, I think it's very interesting, and and only this show, your show, could do something like this. And the fact that uh, it brings about the fact that uh, we're throwing everything at COVID nineteen and uh, the coronavirus, and um, I I respect our leadership for. You know, I hate uh, I hate for you to be gone, but at the same token, I know you'll be working for me and for all of the citizens of the United States. And uh, whatever whatever weapon it takes to destroy coronavirus, I'm I'm glad to see that we're 
we're doing it. And I think you you know that you have the station support, and I'm sure you have the mermaid support and everybody else that's listening and wishes you absolutely the best of and success. And, you know, every now and then when, when you can, uh, one, I'd love to talk to you anyway, but at the same token, um, it will be nice to have – have someone in the position that you're in that can, you know, say, well, we uh, when I when I started it was a hundred percent, and now we're down to eighty nine percent, or whatever whatever can be said. Would be glad to pass it on, and and we support absolutely. you in any way, you know. And uh, absolutely, and uh, the goal is to come back and uh, you know to continue the discussion about Desert Storm and Desert Seal. And to make sure it doesn't fall off of everybody's uh, radar screen, because uh, you know, there are a lot of uh, similarities around the world with potential hotspots. And uh, you know, one of the, the true lessons learned was that uh, you know we exercised you know all of the diplomacy avenues prior to Desert Shield and ultimately Desert Storm. You know. And the U.N. finally said, hey, we've exhausted everything that we can do. Uh, use any means necessary to include force to extract uh, our actors from Kuwait and uh, stop the senseless uh, slaughter that was going on of the uh, Kuwaiti people. So, um, you know, that's exactly what uh, President George uh, Bush did in conjunction with other world leaders when they stood up, you know, the, the first coalition of the willing to uh, go over, and uh, which I and uh, the rest of uh, the 24 First Division participated in. So, you know, uh, we'll continue to talk about those lessons learned. We'll continue to bring um, Desert Shield and Desert Storm to the forefront because, you know, um, we were all young once, uh, i.e., you know, um, the famous cliche coming out of Vietnam and uh, that book in the movie. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, now we're uh, a lot more mature and senior. And, uh, you know, it's important that we don't uh, forget those that participated in Desert Storm and Desert Shield and, uh, and their health needs that are, uh, you know, plaguing a lot of us. And we're going to have the same issue coming out of Iraq and Afghanistan uh, with OEF and OIF uh, participants. They're going to need to have uh, medical care, housing, and the other things that we're working on to make sure that we eradicate homeless uh, veterans and uh, get them and their families back to where they deserve to be where they should be, you know, and we as uh, an American people understand that uh, with war, there is a price, and we take care of the wounds that you can't see and the invisible wounds that you can't see, and we that know. was one of the greatest things that we learned from Desert Seal and the Storm. You know, one of the things that uh, has concerned me, and I've been talking to uh both uh, one of our uh, contributing doctors that's a psychiatrist and also a uh, another contributor that's a psychologist that but we're going to be 
depending on how fast you can how fast you can snap your fingers and get this thing over with and now we got somebody to look at and uh, so we expect you know you shouldn't have to be gone more than a couple of days and uh, you'll have it handled but beyond that is the fact that uh, we may wind up with the largest country in the world or the largest case of PTSD in the world this right. this virus has um, turned people upside down and backwards and uh, whether it's in their business in their personal life or whatever it might be but it's it, and everybody thinks that well it has to be a bullet that goes by you or an IED or something no well in many ways the coronavirus has been one hell of an IED and uh, absolutely knocked us off our feet in many many ways and uh absolutely I, i'm you know if there's if there's any time that we need to read peaks and valleys by spencer johnson uh i think it's now you know uh boy this coronavirus has the whole world in a valley mm-hmm. and we've got to recognize that we're in the valley and then we've got to do everything that we can to get the world back to the peak and then stay on the peak much longer and uh, that book is a great book that if you're dealing with any type of PTSD, uh, especially what you just described, David, you know, that is a good read. It's a short read, and uh, it's a great story set in a parable that uh, tells a great message that uh, I think is going to be able to stand the test of time as far as uh, helping us deal with the uh, unpredictableness of life and what that brings. You know, the, the first thing that, you know, I tell everybody in my family is that, you know, your first step needs to be your faith. Your faith has got to be unshakable. And you've got to believe in a higher calling, whatever that is, that, you know, we are going to come out of this and, you know, Psalm 91 is something that we read every day and we talk about in this house to make sure that everybody understands that uh, it's going to be okay. With with your with your time and deployment to uh, the Middle East, and I'm sure you gained a lot of knowledge about the Koran and the uh, Shiites and the Sunnis and so forth, um, I got some shocking news and and instead of quoting numbers i'm going to just let people look it up for themselves but as i understand the quran uh you know it's either you convert to islam or you're dead and uh not that every Muslim practices that to that extent by any means, but uh, a very scary thing is happening in the United States that nobody has touched on. And uh, before before you leave, I wanted to make one point uh, that everybody we did a show on it uh, this past Friday. Do facts matter? With with um, Robert D'Agostino, and as an attorney, he he had dissected everything. And we'll be doing more of it. But everybody should Google and go to number of Muslims running for political office. And this is across the country. The number will blow your mind. And 
you know, I'm not saying they don't have a right to run, particularly if they've become citizens. But at the same token, they have many of them. I'm not going to say all, but many have their own agenda, and it doesn't. It's not a Western agenda by any means, and um, it's a scary number that uh, are running for 2020 offices. Everything from local, uh, from the bottom of the barrel, uh, local sheriffs to. Uh, U.S. representatives or U.S. senators, it's up and down the whole board. And um, it's with the knowledge that they have something in mind. And, uh, you know, they've done Sharia law is being practiced in some states now that uh, if you happen to be a Muslim and you're charged with something, you can say, well, I want to be tried by... Sharia law, not Western law, and this is—it's it's all a very scary thing. But you know, knowledge, and this is the same thing with the coronavirus. Knowledge will kill the coronavirus, as will knowledge protect us and take care of everything else that will be a challenge to the United States. I don't know if you had heard about that or not, uh, Richard, but it's a it's a scary thing that's going on. Well, very quietly behind the scenes. No, I, I haven't heard of that. David. Let's. Uh, you know, and I'm pretty sure. Um, you know, there are safeguards built into the electoral process that uh, and the security mechanisms in the United States to prevent that from happening. Just like. You know, I, uh, I I think and I understand that uh, there are those uh, mechanisms that keep uh, all extremists out from, uh, you know, uh, gaining a foothold in the United States and, you know, threatening our way of life. So, you know, I'll defer to those experts and uh, make sure that uh, everybody is being held in check. Not only uh, extremists from um, the Middle Eastern persuasion, but also the extremists from, you know, uh, the white nationalists and any other uh, extremist group, whether it's minority uh, or anything, you know, um, we're sworn to protect and defend against enemies foreign and domestic. So, we understand that there is a domestic threat as well as a foreign threat. So um, I just know that somebody's watching the gate to make sure that they prevent that from happening. Well, you know, from what we've uh, learned, you know, they're doing it legally. And, uh, you know, once... uh, yeah, it's like everything else. Once they're in, it's a lot harder to get them out than it is to uh, vote them in, as we've as we found in many cases. So um, you're going to be doing most of the – you'll be doing logistical and setting up supply chains and all this? Yes. I'll be doing uh, logistics work for our state and getting uh, critical supplies where they need to go. Wow. From uh, the point of manufacture to the point of need. And utilization of uh, of private industry as far as like eighteen wheelers and that type of stuff, or will the military also be involved with some of the transporting of the of the goods? 
Well, I'm pretty sure. Well, um, you know, the goal right now is to leverage every asset that we have to get stuff where it needs to be. Because, uh, you know, uh, some experts are predicting that our rural areas are going to be hit uh, hard next uh, because of the migration of the virus and uh, the patterns of our people. Hmm. And, you know, another reason why this social distancing is so critical because you can stop the spread to outlying areas by, you know, uh, executing social distancing, and that will protect these rural communities. Well, it, it sounded like uh, one of your Jodies might be C-130 coming down the line. You know, are, are you, you going to include the Air Force in your planning? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, that's... Motor transportation. Uh, wow. Air Force, Navy, everybody is being consistent. Trust me. That's incredible. And utilized. Well, you, you know... Because we can't have what happened on the, uh, the, US, uh, the U.S. carrier. Roosevelt, we can't have that happening to other ships. So you know, we we've got to get it, and we've got to get it right. And uh, you know, we got to get cleaning supplies to the uh, the Navy to make sure that they can uh, protect uh, our seamen as they're out on mission. Uh, did you hear today that uh, one of the first on the Roosevelt? Well, the first on the Roosevelt died. Oh no, I did not hear that. Yeah, that that is a, you know, that that is hard. Yes, sir. That is hard. But, Thank uh, you for sharing that, David. I'll, I'll pray for the family and uh, the team that we lost. You know, I, I you know, this, this this is a tough battle that we're fighting. And it's uh, like like uh, the president has said, it, it's an invisible enemy. Um, are you there, Amy? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. It, I thought I lost you for a minute. <laughs> uh, but it's an invisible in- enemy that uh, those are harder to to shoot at than the visible enemy. And Yeah, that's I, true. I, uh, when you follow your policies and procedures, you know, and the military is real good at that. Mm-hmm. You know, and what they need is they need uh, leadership that, you know, kind of trust our policies and procedures that, you know, um, that we've employed, you know, in other situations and allow us to do what we do best. That's uh, critical thinking, decision-making processes, and uh, the ability to move, shoot, and communicate uh, on a moment's notice. And, you know, we're, we're not shooting anything right now. But, uh, you know, I... I mean, attacking the disease and uh, sure. getting out in front of it with all of our assets and uh, our procedures. Okay, and, uh, that, we're making that way. Okay, there's some uh, critical things that I need to ask you that I, I figure your audience uh, 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 to save our people. And you know, I don't want any of our listeners to think that we're not doing everything that we can. We are. Yes, sir. You know, uh, that's why I'm involved and uh, trying to give back and uh, making sure we do our part to get things where they need to be. Well, like, like I said, there's some critical things that I think your audience, particularly the mermaids, would want to know. But uh, do you, since you'll be working from your desk and your office at home and on the computer a lot, 
Do you have a Do you have a star on your pajamas and on your robe? <laughs> no, brother. Okay. okay I'll just so. take it in the closet. Okay. Well, and then that brings up the second question. I don't know if you'll have uniform duty at all, but. You know, in my case, I had a terrible leak in my closet, and that uniform shrunk. And I don't know if if you've had the same leak in your closet, or if if you'll have to wear a uniform at all. No, I I haven't had uh, that leak in the closet. So if I had to put it on, I, I could put it on. I, I just completed my uh, annual physical, and uh, I, I'm down in the weight category, which is a great thing. Oh yeah. So. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm healthy and I'm ready to fight. Congratulations, and I'm sure they're going to take advantage of you. And uh, Cynthia, better have some candles for that uh, midnight oil you're going to burn. Yeah, absolutely. But we uh, we appreciate uh, your service and you giving back, and both of you have, and and your whole family has now with. Uh, what you're going to be doing, and uh, we certainly applaud you and and uh, everybody that's been called up. And it's amazing the number of folks that uh, have been called up. Uh, I've got a couple of doctor friends that have been called up as well. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, and I think we mentioned this the other day. How many times did they, whoever contacted you, how many times did they have to ask you before you said yes? Well, you know, David, I, I said yes uh, when they first contacted me. And uh, this thing has been growing exponentially. And, uh, you know, they finally said, hey, uh, we need more of your undivided attention and uh, your expertise. And, uh, you know, so... It finally got to a point, and, uh, you know, well, we thought it would be curtailed by now, uh, or on that downward trend, they're still moving up on the bell curve, and, you know, so we got to do everything we can to flatten the curve as quickly as we can. So, understanding that, I just went ahead and said, hey, you know, let me give you 100% of my time, and uh, go ahead, and... Uh, provide you with what you need to go ahead and uh, and do what it is that we need to do. So I, I couldn't I couldn't do both. Uh, and give you and the listeners what they needed on a weekly basis and uh, take care of those states that are requiring my expertise for the uh, COVID-19 uh, response. So, you know, that's why I was asking for um, you know, a temporary pause in the production to go ahead and uh, and tackle this. And uh, you're absolutely right. I've been burning some serious midnight oil uh, with my wife helping to try to get out in front of this and to save some lives. And, uh, you know, there was no hesitation when that call came because uh, I understand. And you know, I've sworn my life to a life of service on behalf of this great nation. So, you know, it was just a matter of time. Well, while while you're out, we might have to get the mermaids in here uh, doing their best to uh, take up the slack or something. One thing about it, <laughs> one thing about it, um, and if the audience hadn't figured it out yet, well, I'll help them figure it out. Uh, when they call General Dix... 
they were calling the best, folks. And, you know, it makes me feel good that we know that we're throwing everything at the virus that we possibly can, be it military, be it doctors, be it whatever it might be, that our government is working for us and they're calling on absolutely the best to do whatever job is needed to be done and that's why they call General Dix and uh, we can, uh, it's going to be tough I, and I, I'm i going to have to, I guess I'll have to get a, a voice teacher or something and uh, see if I can learn how to do Jody's but uh, thank <laughs> Thank goodness there are some others around that have done them in the past, and so we'll just use them. But um, I want everybody to know that, that we will certainly be keeping in touch and and um, wish General Dix the best. So did uh, did you have much damage or anything down uh, south uh, with the storms last night? No, uh, I, I think um, there were just a few trees that were knocked down and, uh, no loss of power, thank God, and no loss of life down here in the Conyers area. Uh, so, you know, folks are out uh, picking up little small limbs out of the yard, you know, uh, thanking and thanking God that uh, we were spared. Uh, it, it got kind of hairy uh, a little bit around 245, 2, 250 this morning. But uh, there were some places that I got hit pretty hard, Dave. Yeah. up in the uh, northwestern part of Georgia. And uh, I think, um, you know, uh, nine of our fellow Georgians uh, may have uh, lost their lives. Uh, seven to nine are the last count that I heard. And, uh, you know, I, I saw on the news a entire house was picked up off of its foundation and moved out into the, uh, the rural highway. <laughs> and I, I had never seen that. And uh, the uh, the couple that lived in the house uh, are missing. And, uh, you know, so we're praying for them and their safe return. But that was amazing. Oh. The whole entire house picked up off the foundation and moved out into the, the, the street. And yeah. I'm, not, I'm not talking about a mobile home, Dave. I'm talking about a four-sided uh, house that was for foundation. I... I saw, well, I was on active duty when the, uh, in 1970 when the tornado hit my hometown of Lubbock. And um, I, I got an early out. I was, I was within a week of finishing AIT, and I went to my CO, and he said no. So I went to the more powerful chaplain, and he said yes. And uh, so I came home, and like you said, uh, my, my father and my grandfather had damage they they both owned a number of warehouses and they both had damage to the warehouses but my grandfather had one warehouse that i was in the warehouse when the insurance people came in and just like you said what a tornado can do is just absolutely mind-boggling it had literally stripped uh the my grandfather's warehouse had uh, 18-foot ceilings, and uh, it had literally stripped two feet around the whole warehouse, and it then had 16-foot ceilings. And it was like the, the insurance people said, you know, they had never seen anything like it. And, you know, you've heard of the, uh, the uh, twig going through a telephone pole or a 2 by 4 going through a telephone. I mean... 
I saw I mean, what what a tornado can do and the velocity of the wind when it's in that rotation mode. It just you know I don't even see how people have survived them in many cases and how uh, how. Telephone poles have survived them in many cases where they've been split. or I mean, they're just there. It's, it's a, an incredible act of nature, a tornado is. And I don't, I don't think you could tell me anything uh, about that house being moved uh, off its foundation and set on the – I'd believe you in a heartbeat. Right. Absolutely. And uh, we're just – I hated that anybody had to lose their life in it, but uh, we're lucky that it wasn't more. And uh, yeah, absolutely. There's a there's a time and a place for all of us, and there's only one person that uh, decides on that, and uh, it isn't us. <laughs> absolutely. But well, you're going to keep us posted, and uh, I'll keep bothering you, knowing that you're there, and whether it's uh, it'll it'll be. Uh, It'll be a good bother. It won't be a bad bother, but it'll be a good bother. And are you getting, uh, interestingly enough, are you getting to bring any of your uh, uh, former people back with you? I've got a couple of uh, those assistants that were with me uh, in Germany that I'm reaching out to to contact them. And uh, one is down in uh, Columbus, Georgia, at Fort Benning. Mm -hmm. And another one is at... uh, in uh, Woodbridge, Virginia, that I'm going to ask to see uh, what they're doing. That's neat. Um, well, I'm, I'm sorry that you're having to uh, go back in under these circumstances, but uh, like I said earlier, they couldn't they couldn't get better than than General Dix to do what they want done, and uh, I uh, I think all of us applaud you and. That if there's something that you need, uh, hope you'll keep us in mind, and we'll reach out to the audience. If we can't do it, then we'll reach out to the audience and see if they can do something. How, if you can, how are we doing on supplies now? And I assume that you you will be across the board from uh, ventilators to to masks. So. Are we catching up and, and getting restocked on the needs of uh, the hospitals and uh, states? Yes, we are. Uh, it, it's a slow process, but, you know, um, I think uh, when you look at the uh, scope of the impact of the world, there were a lot of um, requirements spread out across the around the globe and by the time it hit us uh many of those supplies were exhausted so we're dealing with that aspect and uh just it's taking the uh the world's industrial base uh time to replenish itself and uh get additional supplies uh back to the countries in need well it was good news too that uh the British Prime Minister was uh, released from the hospital and medical care, so uh, it can be conquered and it will be conquered. And the U.S. will be uh, carrying the flag, the Red Cross flag, to conquer it and be the first to do it. And, uh, Absolutely. 
we'll give the information to the next country and hopefully uh, we've totally learned something and uh, when actions are taken they won't be criticized they'll be applauded and uh, you know it's uh, if if you have an experience and you don't learn something from it then shame on you if you learn something from it then no matter how bad it was it's good because the next people won't have to suffer the same mistakes that uh, you did or we did or whoever. And uh, I think this has been one heck of a learning experience and uh, we'll go on and be be seen as that down the road. And, and even I, I was hearing today and certainly thought about you was um, during the Ebola and uh, you know, some of the experiences that were learned there, and obviously they're picking up on that from you. But, um, you know, we, we have to learn from, you know, what is it? Learn from your mistakes, but you can also learn from your successes. And I, I think that's what we're going to be seeing, that we learn from our successes with this pandemic. And... Uh, the next one that tries to come into the states will be shot at the borders. Absolutely. So you know, a, a lot of the uh, the communication with the uh, the world task forces that are combating the virus are improving and getting better. You know, we're taking lessons learned from other countries and applying them. We're in necessity, and you know it's just it's something that we've got to continue to uh, to monitor, and we got to continue to get guidance from uh, the uh, the federal aspect to kind of lead the states in the right direction uh, to go in combating, you know, or empower the states fully and equip them to deal with it uh, and provide the uh, the policy that backs up the uh, procedures. And, you know, however, uh, whatever choice is made, then we've got to support and get behind it. Yes, sir. And uh, we've got to take care of each other. Well, it's that old chain of command, isn't it, that uh, has to be utilized, and uh, there's no, you know, and, and quite frankly, the administration and those uh, powers that be in states and everything else are very, I don't want to say lucky because it's really been planned that way all along, but they're fortunate to have a fallback of a military like we have that's adaptable to any situation, be it logistics and getting products from one part of the country to the next part of the country to uh, medical uh, personnel that are the best in the world to uh, even those poor little grunts that are going to have to lift those boxes and put them on the on the train or put them on the truck and uh, you got to have those grunts too so we're fortunate that we can turn and look at at a wonderful military that's there and and uh, if not me then who and they're ready to Absolutely. go and you know uh, you can't you can't move things without those grunts and uh, and the hardworking people that are out there on the front lines making things happen. You know, and I would love to give a huge thank you 
to the uh, the postal workers, the sanitation workers, the grocery store employees who are in harm's way, um, the uh, nurses, the hospital staff that, uh, that don't include the doctors and nurses because uh, hospitals don't magically run themselves. You know, they got maintenance workers, they got operational personnel, they've got, uh, you know, uh, support staff that make a hospital run. And at the end of the day, you still have to track uh, who comes in for help, who's been taken care of. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer that, uh, you know, some aspects of the uh, Affordable Care Act need to be reactivated to make sure that everybody has the medical support that they need because Medicare and Medicaid can't support everybody at this particular point in time. But, you know, once again, I'll defer to the experts. That's my personal opinion. It's uh, not backed up by scientific stats or anything like that. Uh, just me saying, hey, I know the system is being overwhelmed. So you got to bring everything to bear to take care of what is overwhelming the system. And that's why I'm diving in head first to make sure that uh, whatever I can lend to them from uh, my practical experience, I can do. And uh, we can be of some service and some help to the American people. Well, I, I think, you know, there's there's always, and we've just gone through the holiest weekend of the year, and there's always some type of silver lining, and I hate to think of, of a worse situation than what we're going through, but that's always a potential. And if we take the silver lining of this pandemic and look at what our neighbors are doing and look at what the military is doing and look at what the first responders and on, just like you said, on and on and on and on, then we'll be better equipped and better prepared for the next situation. And you or me or no one else knows what that next situation is going to be. But it's uh, we, we didn't know what this one was going to be nor how it would affect us. But uh, just like I said earlier in the show is that uh, – it has affected people, and, you know, if you had told somebody uh, two years ago that uh, we might have a uh, breakout of PTSD in our own shores because of a pandemic, they'd have probably looked at you like you're nuts. But it's going to happen because people have gone through stress, and PTS is basically stress. And they have gone through things that we never could have imagined. And... Uh, but the bottom line of it all is there's a reason, and just like you said, we'll come out of it and we'll be better for it. It may be hard to see today, but we'll be seeing it in the near future, I think. And uh, there's not enough ways to express the gratitude personally and the gratitude of the station and the gratitude of, of your audience of the sacrifice you'll be making and the time you'll be spending and involved, unless I find out it was just a way to get out of the show. <laughs> you just couldn't handle any more Jody's, is that it? Or No, I love the show. Okay. So that wasn't it. Well, well, while you're sitting at your office and contemplating uh, whatever's on the screen, you can, uh, you know, maybe you can hum two or three Jody's and get ready for when you come back. 
And uh, thank, thank Cynthia Forrest, too. She's a, a beautiful lady, and uh, I know she's very supportive of her man. And, uh, you know, what a couple. What a couple. The United States is very fortunate to have folks like you all. And uh, that, But that's what makes the United You're not by yourself, Richard. There are a ton of them like you that are out there that Absolutely. are doing their thing. And that's why we're the greatest nation in the world. Amen. Amen. And, uh, and we're still looking forward to after this is over with, to breaking bread with you here at the house. So the door is always open. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, uh, it, at this point, it'd have to be at your house. We can't go out to dinner anyway. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I guess I have to bring my own can of beans or something. But no, <laughs> no, we got you covered. Okay, we got you covered. You you probably been you probably have the sea rations from World War Two stocked up in your back closet, don't you? No, not the sea rations, but I got some MRE. <laughs> well, you know, I'm I missed all that. I I still got the seas when uh, when I was in, and yeah, uh, you got the good stuff. Oh yeah, I I. Uh, you could light one of those cigarettes, and it was like uh, watching a clown on TV watch the cigarette blow up in your face. They were, they were so old that you got you got a match close to them, and kaboom, and they were gone. Never got to smoke them, but you got to watch them burn your nose. But that was again, we we were prepared, and uh, we could have taken on anything. And uh, I hope you will keep in touch uh you know my telephone number at night and uh i know yours so uh as time goes on we'll we'll and hopefully this will be coming to an end sooner than later and uh oh yeah absolutely you know we've got some guests that we've got to bring back to the show and some interesting stories so this is only a temporary pause well it's uh we and we got to get those uh mermaids in here as well I'm I'm excited about that, and uh, it's just where we're going to put the waiting pool that's got me concerned. But we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. And they can do the backstroke in, in our waiting pool or something. We'll put it in Brett's office. That's what we'll do. And uh, work. He, he can take care of them. Anyway, uh, Richard, while you're gone, we'll play a couple of the archives, and uh, we'll always have you in mind until... Uh, you know, I'm frankly, I think the plan is that uh, he has it all figured out, and it will be coming to an end very shortly. As far as uh, we have done what we had to do, and it's gotten our attention, and uh, I, I've forgotten what the number was, but I heard some number on the people that were watching yesterday on the uh, on their computers and. You know, one of the ministers was saying that he couldn't believe the numbers that they had pulled. And so if this this has been meant to bring us back closer to our Creator, then whatever. It's uh, it's all good. And it is all good. Some place there is a silver lining to it. Yep. We'll be all right. We just got to stay together. Yes, sir. Maintain that faith and uh, it'll be all right. 
It will. And uh, we're going to be getting our updates and our reports uh, just like Fox News does. They got their generals and we've got we've got General Dick. So we will look forward to hearing from you and uh, and your uh, and your war stories, I guess we could say, regarding the the invisible enemy and what we're doing about uh, stomping it and stomping it out. So, General Dix, take care of yourself, and uh, if you need anything, we're here to serve you and uh, appreciate what you're doing. Yes, sir. And uh, we will maintain our weekly phone call. All righty. We will talk to you soon. Take care. All right, guys. Take care. Bye. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.